Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you this day for the gift of a new heart. Lord, we thank you that as you speak your word, that the things that go into our body no longer defile us. But Lord, rather, that because you place your heart within us, we would ask that you give us your words to speak. And this morning that you would break them small, fit for our consumption. In your name we pray this. Amen. This morning I would invite you to turn your attention to our gospel text for the day from Mark chapter 7 if you have brought your Bible along with you. There is nothing outside a person that by going into him can defile him. But the things that come out of a person are what defile him. Throughout the story of the disciples, time and again, these men have a habit of opening their mouth and then appropriately asserting their foot directly into it. So much so that even James and John were recognized as the sons of thunder. And Peter, time and again, had to be reminded of his place. Oftentimes we think before we act and we do so without recognizing the impact that those words may have on those around us. In our gospel text for this day, Jesus calls the people back to himself and then says... In the face of all of their dietary laws, of the ceremonial laws that God has asked them to follow, that they have built laws around the laws for. And he proclaims to them and says, it is not what goes into the body that defiles, but instead what comes out. We are called to examine what motivates our practice and influences our obedience. The grand inconsistency between heart and practice reflects the wrong master. You see, the Pharisees were all about the Old Testament laws. They loved the power that they had within the structure. They love how easy it was for them to follow and say, look how righteous I am. Look, I am doing everything as I should. Look at me. It's about me. But their structure to build laws around the laws to make sure that everyone else was following the laws even though no one could see the depth of the heart was built on them preserving power and dominance over his people. We are accountable for our own actions. And we cannot scapegoat our impurity, our defects, our faults, our failures off on anyone else or anything else 
onto any offense that enters our body. We have this challenge as people, right, where we experience hurt, we experience pain, we get angry about something, and then we in turn, as we've said before, hurting people, hurt people, and we lash out at others. And in doing so, end up with this wake of collateral damage that kind of flows behind us, and then we have to go back and we have to clean up the mess. Go find all the people that we have offended, ask for their forgiveness, and move forward. But the temptation in doing so is to look and say, well, it's not my fault. You know, I was really mad at this person, and I just I couldn't help this, and this happened, and it's their fault, not mine. And we push all this off to the side. We can't blame the secondhand smoke of sin around us. The Pharisees loved the illusion of holiness that they could maintain by pure living. But the problem is, is it allowed them to ignore the heart of the matter. Their hearts had grown hard and cold and callous towards those who were the most vulnerable and who needed to hear the hope and the message of a Messiah more than anyone else. But oftentimes, fear of trauma from a heart transplant where it is carved out from within our chest allows us to put a band-aid on the surface of the issues and simply bridge gaping wounds. By design, our bodies were made to expel and reject the things that make us sick. And I won't even ask how many times you've eaten something that you've instantly regretted. But at the same time, we do all kinds of things that we know we ought not do. And then we feel guilt and it feels like it kind of bubbles up deep within us and all of a sudden we just, we have to get it back out again. See, within the practice of the church, we have this beautiful gift of confession and absolution where we can actually have the experience of being unburdened of those toxic things within our spirit. And we do so corporately as we did earlier in our worship service with the confession of sins and the public absolution. But we also have the joy and the privilege of doing so privately as well. There are things that we put into our body that ought not be there that we need to allow expulsion of. Burdens that we carry that we ought not bear. It's easy to see and smell rotten food. The things that we know will make us sick, we can identify them with our own sense of smell or sight. But when our heart is diseased, so is the rest of the body. 
The reality is that we need a whole new heart. It sounds as though Jesus is completely upending all of the Judaic law for dietary restrictions. But in fact, he's calling them back to a far older narrative than the one that the Pharisees have established. And he takes them all the way back to say, remember the time when you were dispersed and cast out amongst the nations. That God had punished you for your idolatry and your wickedness and allowed you to be captured and sent out as exiles into foreign lands. Recall that when you put all of those things into your body, the worship of gods that were not yours, of silent gods of wood and stone, the adoption of practices that were unhealthy for your physical life. You remember that? And then do you remember how he speaks through the prophet Ezekiel and says, When the house of Israel lived in their own land, they defiled it by their ways and their deeds. And then proclaims to them, he says, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness. And from all your idols I will cleanse you. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. We just saw it happen. We just watched as God granted Luke the new birth of water and spirit as he placed his own heart within Luke's chest. As baptism reaches right to the heart of the matter and addresses the real issue. Jesus goes to great length to give 12 of these Things, And he says, for, for from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. These are all symptoms that something is wrong. Places in our life where we can look and we can say, the cart has gone off the rails. We need to take a course corrective action. But the reality is, is that we don't. We're not capable of it. And instead, we're inclined to continue to go off the rails. And so God intervenes. Many weeks ago, I preached... The phrase, and God says, watch this, and I never in a million years thought that that would have stuck. 
And I cannot tell you how many times in the last couple weeks since then I have either experienced or had others come up and say, I had this time and God showed up and said, watch this. Which is another way of saying the cart had gone off the rails and God was offering some really amazing course corrective action. He was taking a heart of stone and making it one of flesh and spirit. Baptism and the Lord's Supper are ultimate acts of reconciliation and healing. Times when those things that would otherwise separate us from God, God now calls us to repentance extends his forgiveness and says, you have a place at the table. So we ask in baptism, do you renounce the devil and all his works and all his ways? The lesser exorcism where the devil is cast forth and God carves out a diseased and broken heart and places his own within us so that every beat is now given to reflect this undeserved life-saving act of grace. So that as we go off and we live lives in this new baptized identity, The Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given you the new birth of water and of the Spirit, and has forgiven you all your sins, strengthen you with his grace to life everlasting, so that he always gets the glory, now and forevermore. Amen.